Finally, the doctor calls and says, I'd be surprised if she makes it through the night. You've got about eight to 12 hours. Uh, one of you can come in and say goodbye. And we've got a very large family. I have 10 siblings. And we said, well, hospital policy isn't law. We don't accept that. Our mom is not dying with one of us there. And my entire family kind of packed into the waiting room and we said, call whoever you need to call. We're not leaving until we can see our mom, each of us for as long as we want. And we just refused to accept it. And it was kind of interesting to see at first the hospital staff, like the like the ladies at the front desk and the nurses, and so they were kind of abrasive. But after a while, they realized that we actually weren't leaving and they started to place those calls. And I heard that the hospital CEO, this is a small regional hospital, um, he said, I'll make an exception for your family because you're so large. You can all, you know, go be with her until she dies. Before we get into this show, I want to share with you the Z-Stack, a powerful immunity-building vitamin pack formulated by Dr. Zelenko, the founder of the Zelenko Protocol. Many of you may have seen my interview with Dr. Zelenko explaining how the combination of quercetin and vitamin C together is a powerful zinc ionophore gun which delivers zinc, the bullet, into the cell where the virus is. Zinc blocks the virus from getting into the cell. Quercetin and vitamin C together are a safe over-the-counter alternative to hydroxychloroquine. Access to this is needed when government restricts and bans effective treatments. Also, it has been established that high normal levels of vitamin D is important for warding off sickness and staying out of the hospital. With the dangers of the COVID shot, we need a strong immune system to keep from getting sick. The danger is getting sick. That's when the effects of the bioweapon shot takes over. The Z-Stack will provide you with a defensive weapon to fight a potential virus. You can see the studies and also buy yours today at the link below or at sarahwestall.com under shop. I also highly recommend C60 gel caps, daily zeolite detox, and my probiotic greens to maintain a healthy body, all of which you can get at my shop at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have a very special show, very inspirational show for those of you out there. I I was invited to go on K-Talk Radio with uh, Paul Jensen. He is has the most popular radio show in Salt Lake City, Utah in the morning. And I've been on the show uh, quite a bit. And this time he wanted to bring on a guest that he found. And I'm so glad he did because it's just such an inspirational story. This amazing person by the name of Amanda and her family saved her mother's life when her mother only had hours left to live. And they did that by smuggling in treatments into a hospital to save their mom's life. The hospital would not do anything. I mean, they gave her remdesivir and put her on oxygen and she didn't eat. And you'll hear the whole story. And ultimately, when they said she was going to die, they they did a whole operation and saved her life. And you got to hear this wonderful story. But I do want to tell you that if you're ever in this situation, which, you know, God forbid you would be in this situation, but I know there are literally thousands of people across the country and more around the world that are in these situations. If you find yourself in this situation, hopefully you can find an enlightened doctor that you can work with, somebody that really understands COVID. 
because you want to make sure that you're giving your loved one something that they really need. In this particular case, the, her mother had blood clots, and so they used um, a protocol for that. But if you have a cytochrome storm, you're going to use something that can really deal with inflammation, and um, you know, such as C60 or something else. You know, blood clots. You want a blood type thinner, um, vitamin D, vitamin C. All those things work so great. But again. If you're in a dire situation like that, it's best to find a really good COVID-aware doctor to um, bounce this stuff up against. And those people, they know this is happening, so they'll be more than willing, if they're a good person, to work with you. I also want to remind you that the protocol sheet that I put together with Dr. Joe Nuzma, that will be down below. We've already updated it once. We will keep updating it. There's some things that we want to add to it. So we're working on um, some more details. And when that happens, we'll have another show and we'll get you some more details to add to the protocol sheet. Also, the protocols that Amanda and her family use with her mother, I will be sharing that as well. So there'll be a link to that. And then I'll have some notes on that as well for you. So look for that on my website at sarahwestall.com. And while you are there, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter because that's how we uh, stay in contact with each other with all this nightmare censorship going on. Be sure to go to my website regularly too because maybe you're not getting my emails because that could happen. But also, please subscribe. Whatever platform you're on, take the time to subscribe to my show. I really want to build my subscriber base up higher than I had when I was on YouTube. I mean, I was I was well over 100,000 subscribers on there. And um, although my numbers are larger, my subscriber base is not there yet. And I would really like to get my subscriber base up. This is so important, this information. And I uh, just, we, we got to get it out there. And, and so the more you can help subscribe, get, you know, share with others, I'd really appreciate that. And before we get to this wonderful interview, I want to tell you also that the full interview with Paul Jensen and myself will be up there for members at sarahwestall.tv and on Ebonier. But this one is the full uh, segment that we did with Amanda, who is not using her full name because she just doesn't. You know, I understand. We should all understand. We want, she wants to protect herself and her family. So anyways, let's get into this very inspiring chat with Amanda and Paul Jensen. All right. Welcome back, folks. Uh, good to have you here with us this morning. And we've got a special guest on today, and we, she's welcome on the air with us here on Talk at any time. We've got Sarah Westall joining us. Now, Sarah, uh, typically... Well, often we have our good friend Harley Schlanger on at this hour, and he, he'll be joining us tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. I already had a couple of people contact us on that. We have a guest, and I'm having a tough time getting her on. I'm hoping she'll call here any minute. I did call her phone, but I didn't get a response. And this is an individual. Sarah, if you recall, I think this may be her. Just one sec. Can you just take over the mic for a second and tell me what you think the agenda is behind them hiding the data that would save lives, they meaning whoever the powers that be behind these things. What is the agenda behind these people hiding these studies and not bringing them forward? And why are they, uh, why the mouthpiece for these people, the mainstream media, refuse to cover real science and follow their fake science and the, uh, the science of Fauci and others? Go ahead, Sarah. Well, I, the covering up of 
treatments which do exist and I'm so glad you have this next guest on. I'm very excited to hear what she has to say. But the covering up of treatments it makes it so that you can't have a vaccine. I mean, if you have legitimate treatments, the vaccine is is not valid. It's not even the the rules of, you know, the laws and the the way it's set up is that you can't have a vaccine if there's a legitimate alternative treatment. So these treatments that are very very effective, they're very inexpensive, mess up their agenda. And so they have to really and you can see by their behavior it's it's almost it's incredible and the only conclusion you can come to is these people are psychopaths like I was talking about or they've normalized mass murder because you would not if you had a pandemic you would not be covering up treatments it's just not what you do it's not the way they talk but it is the way they act and so the only conclusion you can come to is that that messes up their agenda of getting this vaccine out and their you know what's behind that agenda which we can talk about later but I am so excited about this guest that you have on, so I'm hoping you can... She, um, we, we've got her on right now, and, and she's allowed us to use her, her first name. And Amanda, welcome to the program. It's great to have you here with us. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. Okay. Amanda, um, you've got quite a story. And let yes. me tell the folks, there was an article... Uh, well, there was a television broadcast in Detroit, the ABC affiliate... And they asked for comments from a broadcast about uh, people. Uh, let us know if you've had the, the, the COVID vaccine or no, rather, have you've had COVID and what your side effects were and how you're doing and so forth. And there were at the last I checked, which was a week ago, 235,000 <laughs> responses uh, to their uh, request and you were one of the people who responded, and I read several. I read for until my eyes got sore, and I was really intrigued by your response. And so I contacted you. Herein lies the foundation of why we're speaking this morning. Number one, why did you respond to the Detroit ABC affiliates' uh, request for responses about COVID-19? Go ahead, Amanda. Well, I responded because many of my friends had commented, and the original post was, let us know if you have an unvaccinated loved one who died from COVID. And so my response was, well, I have a family member who was killed by the hospital's protocols, and I have a family member who I had to sneak in supplements and save, interview me. And I think their post really backfired on them. Yes, I think it did. Uh, I, I 95 or more percent of the people were the opposite of what they wanted to hear. And you had uh, you lost a loved one from the uh, the vaccine. You almost lost your mother from and, and so she was in the hospital. They were not allowing you guys to get in and see your own mother. They were forcing you guys to fo follow protocols, wear a mask. And then your mother's in there and they finally let you know she has about eight hours to live and you are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. What was your, what, take it from there, uh, Amanda. Yeah, so so my grandpa had had COVID and was dead within five days. And it was, this happened last year in October of 2020. And it happened kind of fast. We were all kind of blindsided. And then four days later, my mom, who had been taking care of him, got COVID and she was in the hospital. And so we expected her to kind of come through. She was only 65 
we expected her to be okay, but they would not allow us to visit her for the entire week that she was in the hospital. We drove hours and hours. We're standing at the door. They wouldn't let us come. Finally, the doctor calls and says, I'd be surprised if she makes it through the night. You've got about 8 to 12 hours. Uh, one of you can come in and say goodbye. And we've got a very large family. I have 10 siblings. And we said, well, hospital policy isn't law. We don't accept that. Our mom is not dying with one of us there. And my entire family kind of packed into the waiting room. And we said, call whoever you need to call. We're not leaving until we can see our mom, each of us, for as long as we want. And we just refused to accept it. And it was kind of interesting to see, at first, the hospital staff, like the like the ladies at the front desk and the nurses, and so they were kind of abrasive. But after a while, they realized that we actually weren't leaving, and they started to place those calls. And I heard that the hospital CEO, this is a small regional hospital, um, he said, I'll make an exception for your family because you're so large. You can all, you know, go be with her until she dies. I mean, what, did they think you were all going to infect her with COVID or something? Uh <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Now, so she was on an esp- a respirator, correct? She was She was not on a ventilator. She was on a bypass ventilator. oxygen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I meant ventilator. I thought she was. That's okay. Listen, the uh, then you guys decided to take a pathway to save your mother, and that's where this story gets really interesting. What, uh, Sarah, what, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you had a family member that died first, and so you guys learned the hard way, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. So you now you have your mother in there, and you guys are just upset. Can't believe that she's in there. What did you do? I mean, did you plan to tell everybody what you did? Because I just think your story is so inspiring. Sure. Well, we initially didn't have a a plan. We were all just kind of hurrying home to see mom. I had siblings from all over the country driving through the night to be there just to see her before she, before she died. And uh, we, we got in there and my one sister and I had gone in to see her first and my mom was mostly unresponsive, mostly comatose. And we were just kind of watching her and we said this, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to live the rest of my life unless we try everything we can to save her. You know, at this at this rate, the hospital has her in the ground. We have to try something, and it might not work, but we have to try. And so we kind of started calling each other, hey, when you're coming here, stop by a health food store and grab this. And, hey, swing by my house and grab these supplements and, and that kind of thing. And so it was all kind of thrown together at the last minute, and I'm so proud of my siblings for that. But we all kind of, kind of pulled together and said, well, She's in a cytokine storm. She's unresponsive. Her, you know, the inflammation is just through the charts. Let's give her vitamin D because vitamin D is an immune system regulator. And so um, she's on, a, on BiPAP oxygen. She can't take anything orally, no water, no supplements, nothing. And so we said, well, we have this vitamin D lotion. Let's, let's rub it on her feet and see what happens. You know, she, you, can, you can do a lot of vitamin D before anything bad happens. So let's give her some vitamin D. And we, we had done a little bit. She seemed to be responding. And then we said, okay, she's, she's like, she was calming down. Her irritation, she was just, at first she was comatose, and then she, um, she got kind of irritated. So she started to sit up a little, and she was thrashing, and she was, she was waking up, basically. From, and from, uh, we said, you assume from the treatments of the vitamin D lotion that, uh, that yes. was absorbed into her skin. Now, was she on yes, an IV? 
Yes, she was. Okay. Yep. Okay, Were ahead. they giving her so anything we, we had, at this point or just liquids? Um, they had given her just liquid. Her doctor her doctor was willing to try hydroxy, but it was kind of like a little too little too late. He was he was willing to work to us with us, but he said multiple times, you know, my hands are tied. We can try to do that. We can try to give her some. We can see what we can get tomorrow morning. And he was he was half heartedly willing, uh, which is which is better than what most people get these days. <laughs> but um, well, but but, but so we, she was just on water. She just was giving fluids and um, oxygen. Yeah, or they, what? they had her on an anti-nausea med because she hadn't she hasn't she hadn't eaten anything, so she was very nauseous. So they basically told us we've given her a sedative to keep her calm, and we've given her anti-nausea meds. And when she starts to suffocate, we'll give her morphine for the pain. Is basically what they told us. But oh there is God, one thing okay. I want to make okay. sure people hear and understand. Once we started to give my mom uh, the vitamin D lotion, we thought, what else can we do? This is not getting in fast enough. And so we use a supplement called DMSO. Now, it's one of those things yes. like ivermectin where it's for human use, but there's also an animal version. And so people like to distort that. But we, we use that and we put that on my mom. And my brother actually picked it up from a, from a farm supply store. And what we did is we mixed powdered, you know, supplements and capsules into this gel and we rubbed it into her legs. Now, what that does is it carries things immediately into the yes. bloodstream. And so we were trying to have a very clean environment as close as we could get to sterile. But it was just an immediate difference in my mom when we started to use that. And then once we realized we could use that, we started doing about eight different kinds of supplements. Um, over the course of the next week in the hospital there. All through skin absorption. Yes. Yep. You, you didn't give her a vitamin C drip into her IV or anything like that? No, that that was one of the things we had tried. The hospital said, the doctor said, let me check with my superiors. I don't know if we can. We'll see what we can do. And he came back and said, no. Uh, he said, well, first he said, I don't know what IV vitamin D would do for a virus. And he was, he was kind of confused by that. Oh, and then we said, well, she's dying anyways. Can you just try? And then he came back and said, I'm sorry, uh, liquid IV vitamin D and vitamin C are unavailable in this entire hospital system, and I can't get them to you. And oh, we geez. had said, well, what if we, you know, overnight them from a pharmacy somewhere? Can you get them? Can you use somebody else's vitamin C? Oh, no, no, that's not protocol. We don't use other people's liquid IV supplements. We don't do that. And so we had we had checked with them before we did this. Can you try this? And it was <laughs> he said, What would liquid what would vitamin D do for a for a virus? And, and did you use Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, I'm wondering, did you end up using ivermectin and zinc or what did you end up using? So we used we did not use ivermectin because this was October of last year and it was kind of um, we, we didn't really know about it. We were just kind of scrambling sure. with what we had on hand. So we did, um, we used the DMSO. We did lots and lots of melatonin and vitamin D at first. And then we did natokinase, which is a supplement that anybody who has COVID should take. It, um, it really helps your body prevent blood clots, and it attacks the, the middle of the cell where there are blood clots. And so in this case, my mom had blood clots in her lungs. She had blood clots all over. You know, that's what COVID does. Excuse wow. me. And um, so that's what that's what natokinase, and um, that was that made a huge difference in her right away. 
Okay, so here's your mother. Literally, you're told she's 8 to 12 uh, hours away from death. Go in and say your goodbyes. We're only going to let one of you in at a time, and you came and, and objected to that, and finally the hospital relented and allowed all, what is her, 11, 12 children uh, that she has, uh, all into the room and, uh, and other family, and you were able to say your goodbyes. But in the meantime, you smuggled in nutrients, healthy things, you you put them in DMSO, which we know is a it enters your your system and goes straight through the uh, the the skin barrier and takes with it anything that it has. And you had the inspired idea, and I assume God was with you on this and helping you Absolutely. even coming up with these ideas. And then you put in this DMSO that is laced with very very strong vitamins, uh, supplements of other types, and suddenly you see an immediate response and basically pull your mother back from death. Is that is that fairly accurate? Uh, yes. Yep. Within within 24 hours of us getting there, she was awake. She was conscious. She was a little confused, but she was sitting up in the bed writing on a dry erase board. I am thirsty. I'm I'm tired. I'm so glad to see you. Things like that. She went from being completely unresponsive, she was slightly agitated, to confused, and then she was writing on a dry erase board asking for food. <laughs> That's amazing. What did, the, what did the doctors in the hospital do after that? I mean, did they just think it was a miracle and didn't, I mean, did they ask you if you did anything or what? He, he didn't ask if we had done anything. He said, I attribute this to the power of having family around, having family visiting. And he was, he was very excited by it. He was encouraged. He said, I have never seen a COVID patient this close to death come back. And he had said, I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that she'll make it, but we've got a long, we've got a long way to go. So we'll kind of see. And we didn't tell them what we had done. We were worried about getting caught. So we didn't say anything about what we were giving her. And he had attributed it to, you know, people being there to visit their loved ones. Well, which is true. And those things that they brought with them. Sure. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and that does that does help people because it gives them a um, more energy to fight the disease that they have. But I, I, you know, I'm so glad that you're telling this story because it's so inspiring to people. It also makes you worried about these hospital systems. I was just on a show with um, uh, Dave Hodges, and we made a call out, and we should do this here as well. A call out to figure out to somebody out there in, in the audience and uh, whoever has time and the skills, we need to figure out what hospitals we can trust and which ones we can't. Which one will, which hospitals will actually treat COVID patients properly, and which ones are taking mandated, you know, top-down mandates to do nothing and let them die in the hospital? Because we don't want loved ones going to hospitals like that. You're going to die when you're in there. Yeah, the hospitals are killing people, and with the treatments and with their protocols, I agree with that. A, a question, so your mom is home now, and uh, she's back with family, and she has a, basically a second life. What are her feelings about all of this, Amanda? She is really surprised by, by how much of it had, had taken place. She doesn't remember most of the week that we were there. Um, and she's she's really grateful to be alive, and she's just she's just horrified by how close she came to dying. And at the hands of you know a good doctor, a doctor she liked, a small regional hospital that she liked, she you know she was she was horrified to real just to see that she came that close to dying by well-intentioned people who were following the CDC's protocol. And that was one of the things I wanted to mention too was 
I, I don't remember when exactly, but at some point during all that, they had given my mom remdesivir. Oh, no. And come to come to find out, and she she has she's had a lifelong history of kidney problems. They gave her remdesivir, and then we find out later that, oh, hey, that's got a 50% mortality rate. So 50-50 chance your mom's going to die. We'll just give her this, see what happens. But um, I, I firmly believe that in that case, the vitamin C that we gave her um, stopped that and, and saved her life ultimately. We were... After we had started to give her things, we had told the doctor, well, if she's dying anyways, can we stop the remdesivir? Can we stop the, you know, the things they were giving her, essentially? Can we stop the antinausea meds? Can we stop the sedative? Let's just let her go peacefully, we were saying, while we're trying to, you know, we're essentially controlling her care at that point, trying to figure out what we need to do. <laughs> and at some point, they stopped the remdesivir. But, uh, yeah, found out later it's got a 50% mortality rate. 54% mortality rate. Can you imagine a vaccine that does that, a a pill? Anyway, The the remdesivir, they know, they pulled it off. They've done studies in the past. They know it causes kidney failure. One thing it does do is, in some cases, it causes the person to live a little bit longer with COVID. So, in in a weird way, it could have allowed her to live another day or two while you guys gave her that stuff. Yeah, that's a good point, Sarah. Any any uh, last thoughts? What do people do now? If if someone in our listening audience uh, is uh, has a loved one uh, with problems related to this vaccine or with this uh, this COVID, what do you suggest that they do? And especially if they're in a hospital and uh, maybe they're on a, a ventilator, what what can they do? Yeah, well, I can't speak much to the, to the vaccine, but I will say that if you if you have a loved one who has COVID, you have to be treating it at home with the appropriate supplements. People think, I'll you know, I'll get to the hospital. They've got the big guns. They'll they'll take care of me. I'll be okay. Well, the hospital is essentially hospice care if you have COVID. So you have to be buying these supplements. Buy them. Have them on hand. The minute you get COVID, start taking them. If you have a loved one in the hospital, even on a vent. Sneak in supplements. You can use DMSO. You can rub it in their skin. If they can take supplements orally, give them all these things. The worst thing that can happen is that they pass away. But you know what? The hospital systems basically guarantee that's going to happen because they're following the CDC's that's protocol. And you're 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 a mother. You have children, uh, and you would. Uh, what do you do for your kids? Do you are, do you take uh, prophylaxis? Do you take uh, things to prevent what's coming are they on vitamins vitamin d vitamin c zinc what are what are you what are you using to keep your kids and your husband safe yeah well as we're heading into winter they take general immune boosting things uh, vitamin d c and zinc and my my kids actually had covid this winter and uh it was it was very easy it was a week of not feeling good watching lots of cartoons i upped their supplements a little bit Made, made sure to feed them, you know, whole foods, healthy foods, that kind of thing. It, it doesn't have to be scary if you're taking the right supplements and if you know how and why you shouldn't be following the hospital's protocol. Excellent. Uh, Sarah, anything further? Me? No, I'm just, I just think that your story is so inspiring. One thing I would say is I'm working with Dr. Zelenko to get his um, vitamin pack out there, and what he yeah, recommends is uh, quotient with vitamin uh, with zinc because quercetin um, is a pathway to get zinc into the cell. Yeah. Well, quercetin yeah. with it's like C. the DMSO. Yep. That, yeah. It's a, um, you need something to get that zinc into the cell because the zinc will block that. And um, so if anybody's interested, you can go to my website. I have a, a link where you can purchase that. 
And uh, I just think it's really important that people understand. And, and um, quercetin works like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And if you're in a situation where, you know, somebody has uh, to keep from getting, you can do it preventatively and you can keep yourself from getting sick. And um, if you are in that situation, you can't get ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine because those are a little stronger mechanisms. But as you know, it's really hard to get it. But you can get quercetin, it's over the counter. So there are mm -hmm. some things we can do at home without going to the hospital. And I think your story is just so great to show you don't want to go to the hospital. You do need to see if there are any good hospitals that will treat properly because if there are, those are the ones you want to go to because you could do everything under the sun at home and maybe it, does not, it doesn't work like you want because there could be other comorbidities. And so if there's other comorbidities, you need to get to a hospital that, is, that really knows what they're doing. They're, they're COVID-aware. And um, otherwise, they're going to die. And, and you they're going to die following the CDC guidelines. Th that's correct. And we, I sent you a story. You probably didn't have time to read it, but a hundred thousand people died of cancer in just the UK because they they didn't to get the proper treatments and they didn't want to go to the hospital. And how many people have died of heart attacks and all of these other things because uh, they didn't want to go to the hospital and and and, and get the COVID. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for your visit with us today, Amanda, and we really appreciate your time and and the, your, the story. It's uh, very enlightening, and, and we wish you a, a great uh, day with your family, and thanks a lot for being with us. Thanks for having me, Paul. Have a good day. Thanks. Likewise.